0: Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this our fourth season, we're looking at Kenneth Branagh's 2011 film, Thor. I'm
1: Matthew Fox from TheEthicalPanda.com. And I'm Andy Nelson from The Next Real Film Podcast.
0: And today we're talking about Minute 58, which begins with Thor finding the hammer and ends with a shot of the hammer. And joining us on the show once again, we have Andrew Durowski, host of the Disney Animation Minute Essentials, and Joe Dorowski, host of the Protagonist Podcast. Uh, Andrew, Joe, great to have you back with us. Um, I know you all picked these specific minutes, uh, Andrew, I think, specifically. What, what do we need to pick the, this series of minutes?
2: I picked this set of minutes. Uh, One, because Joseph's not very picky. Um, okay, that's fair. And so he he, he really just didn't care at all um as long as i had an opinion he's like yep go with your opinion um and i i actually it's mostly for the the end of the week i really like the finale with thor yeah being successful and then finding out that he couldn't be successful you know like it's it's a really tragic um ending of this week Mm -hmm. and so it wasn't for the hamster fight (laughs) (laughs) ultimately it was for for the end of the week um but it's still really enjoyable especially i think out of all the fighting minutes this is probably my favorite fight minute
0: Mm -hmm. and i think we'll definitely get to that later in the week because i think you're right in some ways these five minutes i think are one of the real pivotal turning points you know Mm -hmm. it's kind of the like the hero has to hit rock bottom in order to start his redemption arc
3: yeah, I think in the uh, Campbellian motto myth, this is the abyss. Yeah. Like, the, the, when, when he fails to pick up Mjolnir later on
2: in the week, that is the yeah. low point. I like that. Or at least the beginning of, of, of his low point.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, we'll get into all that more right after this, uh, not commercial break,
1: but right after this important message. You know, we do have a Facebook group. If you'd like to join the group and chat with other Marvel fans in it, head over to truestory.fm slash Marvel Movie Minute and click on the Facebook link. It'll take you right there. We call it the Marvel Movie Minute Podcast Executive Lounge. It's a fun place to just kind of talk about the show, the episodes, your thoughts on the minutes that we're actually discussing in any given week and more. Give it a try. We'd love to have you there.
0: Now he is on the lower level, he's gone the full half circle, and he's coming close to uh, the end, he's coming close to, like, walking out into this little courtyard where Mjolnir is, and I love that, like, the minute he sees Mjolnir, his face lights up, and literally the way he walks changes, like, he has been kind of, like, sneaking, and then he's been running, and he's been walking, now it is a 100% swagger, like, this is Mm -hmm. the cock of the walk, like, as he's coming up, back up the... Back up the path towards Mjolnir.
1: And it's such a great, like, rack focus, too. Like, we get Mjolnir, which gives us the power of, oh, here it is, and then it racks to him, and that gives us that, that swagger that he has. It's just, it's great the way that this was constructed. And, as I would like to point out, we're back to Dutch angles. Yes,
3: uh, Swagger is such a good description for like this transformation uh, in, in Chris Hemsworth's performance. Um, like it's it's such a clear choice and also the right choice. And, and
0: I think it, <laughs> like we'll talk about this more tomorrow, but it's so important for setting up like why tomorrow hits so hard when he because just he thinks now it's me. It's the hammer everything's cool. Um, and of course, we get the kind of like, it's a bit of a comedic trope, but a fun one, you know, that he comes around, he doesn't think anything is wrong, and then a punch comes out of nowhere. And I want to talk about that moment, but to back up a second, we do get a wide shot of like, him coming down the tunnel and the whole room he's going to be coming into. And I did a whole, Zebruder film analysis of that shot, I don't see the person. Like, <laughs> does this guy just like, parachute down to punch him? Does he like, run up with: i think there's enough room
2: from? for him to come up from from the left okay um ooh. Is there it's that like barely. Uh,
3: okay so <laughs> i'm looking at the wide shot with the dutch angle he's got to be coming in fast from the left it, right uh, yeah there's there's no one there on the left
2: um, and, and i've got to say if thor was just paying attention to the dutch angles he'd know that something was about to go wrong
0: Right? <laughs> that's true. That's
2: true. <laughs> like, I mean, well, and this is a question for you guys, because this is our first Dutch angle. Have you settled into like, is there a particular like rhyme or reason for the Dutch angles in this film? Because I know some directors will use a Dutch angle to show that a character is off balance, either like physically because they're drunk or or intoxicated or doing drugs or something, or like they're emotionally off balance or there's something that's wrong. Right. That like they've made, made the wrong choice and their world is askew. I don't know if there's a clear reasoning as much in this, in this moment, it feels right because it's like, Oh, Dutch angle one. It it like, it creates an interesting way to focus on the hammer and then Chris Hemsworth and like balance that shot. But also like, oh, he's not about to get what he thinks he's about to get. And so it, it is kind of like his his reality is not in line with his expectation. But throughout the rest of the movie, I don't know if there's that much consistency.
0: I, I think the sense that I've gotten is that the Dutch angles, with probably a few exceptions, but most of the time what they mean is either like the character is out of balance or the character feels out of balance or that the audience knows that there's a disconnect between what the character thinks is happening and the actual reality. Um, and I think, my, my my sense is, and Andy, tell me if you have a different view of it, I, I think Branagh has kind of a similar definition to what you're saying. It's just that his definition of a character off-balance has a much broader variable set. But what, what's your take on it, Andy?
1: I don't know if Branagh was um, completely using it to that effect the whole time. I mean, there there might be some. I mean, certainly we're getting it here as, as this fight happens. Um, but I think a lot of it – and he said – this um that you know he loved the that kind of comic book look of the Dutch angle and the fact that so many comic book panes would have kind of that tilted askew view of the world and so he purposefully wanted to just do a lot of Dutch throughout this. I mean it's happening all the time and I don't necessarily think that there's I, I mean, i I'd really have to go back and look at every single Dutch angle shot to see is there is there conflict in this particular scene that would lead to this Dutch angle shot? Because I feel like so often it's he's doing it just because it has a comic book feel more than anything.
2: Do you think that has anything to do with um like the the Batman television series too, because that was, you know, famously um tilted
1: I, I, yeah, because i I feel like there I, it's one of those things where I think, I don't know. I'd I'd be curious about the analysis of that as far as like the influence, like did comic books influence the Batman TV show to kind of create that? And that show really went far, which Mm -hmm. then subsequently ended up influencing more comic books to kind of take that more kind of and play around with that in in context of each of their uh, the pains in the comics.
2: Joe, you might know this better. I cannot like think of a lot of Dutch angles in comic books themselves. You know, it doesn't strike me as a as, as particularly comic booky thing, but that could also be era-based. Uh, heading
3: through the Silver Age, I think you start to see more playfulness with the panels, and there's still going to be things that are iconically very rigid with the panel usage, so like Watchmen, you know, never breaks from its, its you know, right angles and all its panel grids. But even like uh, Kirby in the Silver Age starts to like really try and give a sense of motion uh, through the panel work, and that's, um, uh, there's an era where like Stanley has Kirby like do a lot of layouts for new artists, and a lot of what he's doing is giving him a sense of how to use uh, a sense of perspective and angles to make what could be a very static shot feel like there's motion within it. Uh, so it could be like the positioning of some of the figures within the panels, but then also you do start to see some playfulness with like breaking the panel edges and and different panel designs and shapes within it. And my sense is that's more of what Bron is doing. I, I went and found a quote that you were referencing. He says, um, that's how I received the dynam- dynamism of the composition in the frames, wide-angle lenses with lots of depth. I chose that style for this. Um, I, you know, he's talking about saying, I, I see within the panel frame of a yeah. comic book. That's how I see the dynamic sense of action. And he also says we made very liberal use of the Dutch angles throughout Thor. The wider camera angle would be Dutched one way. The close-up would be Dutched the opposite. And we flipped that for the reverse uh, uh, shots as kind of an interpretation of comic book style.
0: And and in some way, I mean, the whole movie, and I think has said this, the whole movie is about being off balance. You know, because the whole movie is about either the people from Asgard who are thrown to Earth. Or the people from Earth who are experiencing, you know, gods among them. And, like, Mm -hmm. it's all sort of Mm -hmm. a fish-out-of-water story from both sides. This this does also make me think, in the age of all the different cuts we get, I hope some editor somewhere has put together the Dutch cut, you know, which is just, (laughs) like... The entire movie as Dutch angles. So if we can get the hashtag release the Dutch cut going, um, you know, please, Twitter, you brought the Zack Snyder thing into existence. Let's see if we can bring this back. I mean, there's, it's, it's a lot of it.
3: I mean, in some ways, it feels like, um, when Angley did the his Hulk version and his way of bringing in the sense of comic book panels was very explicit and over and unavoidable, I, I think this well, like once you're looking for it, yes, you see it everywhere. But I think there are viewers who watch Thor and never notice the Dutch angle and would never comment on, oh, there are too many Dutch angles. Uh, and, and so I think he's trying to capture some of that comic book feel, but in a subtler way than what Angley chose to do. And I I don't mind either. Like I, I don't think the Angley one is a failed experiment because of the yeah, no. uh, you know the comic book panel stuff that he does. Yeah, I, yeah, fun with that one.
2: And and that the quote about, like, viewing it with comic books, it does kind of recontextualize, like, the way that I picture the shots where he's like, okay, wide shot, close-up shot, like, what depth am I choosing for this sort of stuff? It, you know, knowing that there's that kind of intention behind it makes me reconsider how I view it. And, mm-hmm. like, oh, now I'm picturing splash pages and... Um, and then you know how many panels would be on this page to tell this part of the story, right? So like I'm picturing like the introduction of Asgard. Oh, splash page. Put the whole thing out there and and linger on it and give it time and and put all of these intricate buildings on it. It's like okay, yeah, that's his version of doing a splash page, and and so that does make a difference. And I wonder. I mentioned the the hand focus. I wonder if that is one of the motivations for the hands is you know doing some of some of the storytelling where. Like I need to show details about a person feeling the the weight of this situation. So how do I show weight in comic books? It, it's showing someone's hands grasping something, um, or or that sort of stuff. And so that does kind of change the 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 view that I have of it. Ultimately, the other thing I love about the Dutch angles is it does make me think of another film that I love, which is The Third Man, uh, which is mm. famous for the tilted angles. And it makes yeah. me wonder, I like. Oh, which one's more tilted like is it is it thor collectively or and then i'm like oh but like does it do you have to calculate how much the angle is tilted yeah, okay. <laughs>
3: yeah. like the, 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 or the amount of uh, of shots yeah is right, it, right, is right, it right. per shot or is it
0: total
2: total degrees
0: Listen, i told my geometry teacher in 10th grade that i would never have to use this stuff so don't tell me it's gonna come into my podcast world now <laughs>
2: oh, well ul- ultimately my favorite dutch angle in the movie is um Towards the end, and I hope it's okay to to spoil this, but sure, yeah. um, there's there's a romantic <laughs> moment between two leads in this movie, and one it needs to be angled so much just so that they could you know kiss and make it look <laughs> level um because there's a significant height difference. But if right. you look at the horizon behind them, you're like, what is this angle that yeah. they've got? <laughs> and
0: and I going kind to of answer the point when you brought up earlier. Um, I, I'm that person who I. I, I've talked before on this podcast. I'm a dirty casual. I have enjoyed some comic books, but mostly I love these things as stories on screen. And yeah, the first time I saw Thor, I over the course of this podcast, Andy's been kind of giving me a crash course in like filmmaking vocabulary. When I walked out of that movie, I probably made a comment about like, yeah, the movie felt made me feel kind of off balance the way the characters did. But I, I don't think I would have been able to tell you, oh, it's because of this weird angle thing that they did. So I I think, yeah, Joe, you're right. that probably there are people who like got the experience that he's trying to convey but without having any like conscious understanding of how it happened
3: yeah I mean any good director is trying to manipulate the audience to feel certain things and that word manipulate manipulate can feel very loaded but that's what all art is yeah. you know, like how do I get the emotional response I want and this is uh, a, a choice he made that is very divergent from the rest of his cinematography I feel like and also from like what most films have and but that doesn't mean it's ineffective it just means for some viewers who like to nip Things they may notice it and start to say like no he's just always doing the Dutch angle and there's no reason behind it I think Braun is a pretty deliberate yeah. filmmaker he's yeah. a he's a pretty deliberate storyteller I think he had a reason behind what he was doing yeah certainly
0: Um so then we do get this kind of great tropish moment but again I, kind of like manipulation trope to me doesn't necessarily mean bad sometimes it can be really helpful mm-hmm. you know and I love the like he's just out of nowhere he gets punched uh, my interpretation is going to be look we know that Shield has some cloaking technology this agent had a cloak on. <laughs> Whatever it is. But now we get this kind of great fight. And I, you know, when you commented, this is kind of like the, the best part of the fight. What is it you love so much about what we see here? I mean, this is the first time that in, in this whole sequence,
2: Thor is fighting someone who fights the same way as him, right? This is the first person who takes the punch and it really actually surprises Thor quite a bit. He's like, but I just yeah. punched you. And everyone else <laughs> has just immediately gone down, right? You're like he's kicked down the stairs and it's it's three or four guys are immediately out of commission. And... And this guy is, you know, as we described Thor's fighting style earlier, you know, just the brawler. He's like, no, I'll take the hit. I'm not going to worry about like trying to dodge it or anything. I'm not going to spin around. Right. Like I take the hit and then I, I hit you. And if I hit you more times or hard enough, ultimately you'll go down <laughs> whether or not I I've suffered damage in it. Um. And so, yeah, like it's, it's the moment where he's got someone who's got his same style and, and like his same level yeah. for this fight. Yeah
0: it's the same fight level, but it's also, and this is a great callback to what happened on uh, uh, the Frost Giant's planet, it's again showing that he loves a good fight, you know? Mm-hmm. He ha- he gets knocked down and you see this great, like, swagger smile on his face of, like, you're big. I fought bigger. Um, and it, it, it's just a, ca- you know, to me it's like that moment where the first Yoden, ha- Yoden, you know, knocks him halfway across the battlefield and it's like, that's more like it, you know? It, 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 I like seeing that that same energy is there of he's, He's happy to have a worthy opponent because now he feels like I I can tell people about beating you up. That's going to be a good story. Not like these, you know, (laughs) silly agents who just all bunched up on a staircase.
1: And the cockiness that he has continues as he says that line. And even as he's saying the line, his head is still kind of like, he's got that swagger in just the way that he's moving his head. Like it just, mm-hmm. he's so cocky in all of this. And, and, and you were right how like he punches the guy in the face and is surprised that the guy is still standing. And I, I love that moment where it's like all of a sudden this guy is a challenge. And, yeah. and so it's, it's fun. And that's what, that's what makes this it makes it fun and frustrating for me. I'll talk about that in a, in a moment, but <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, it, it was Matthew who mentioned
3: it in an earlier minute. It's kind of like the, the heading towards the boss fight. Like he's gotten rid of the minions yeah. and, and now um, he, this is the last threshold guarding before he, you know, in Thor's mind, like, okay, I'm going to go claim victory. <laughs> you know that, uh, but, but this one is more worthy than the ones that I've been dispatching.
0: And I just love, uh, we, we kind of mentioned this before. I love that. It's just two big men wailing on each other. You know, like I, I love shang chi I love a good martial arts fight. But in the last like 10, 15 years, it sometimes seems like every hero knows how to do flying double kicks and crazy dodges. And like, you know, when I play when I play DD, I tend to like, you know, max out my strength and use decks and dodge the dump stats. So like I just that's fun, you know, seeing these two people just like grabbing each other and wrestling. <laughs>
1: It is. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, because they they do take it outside, and, and then it turns into mud wrestling, right? I mean, after uh, after this, uh, you know, as as he's called in the script, the huge shield agent. The rest are just shield <laughs> agents. This is mm-hmm. huge yeah. shield agent. Um, he, I mean, they really go to blows, and they they actually burst through the the wall of the hamster cage and end up uh, kind of rolling around and and kind of tussling in the mud. So it's. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is very much that sort of fight.
0: Yeah, I love that moment especially because it's we've talked about how kind of sterile that was, and sort of go from the sterile inside to just the mud and the dirt of the the outside is just such a great visceral moment there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, like you said, he's just called huge shield agent, and I looked in the credits, I couldn't find anything. There's a couple people listed as uncredited shield agents, but I don't think they match up. Uh, Andy, you
1: also couldn't find this actor either, right? No, is incredibly frustrating, and this is what this is what I'm. That's a shame. Alluding to, yeah, yeah, this is a person who should have a credit, and and probably doesn't just because I mean he probably does as just a utility stunt player. But there are an awful lot of those in this film, and so it's hard to tell. Um, And a lot of those don't have their photos on IMDb. So it's very difficult to figure out who he was fighting um, because the actors that some people identify, like when you look at their headshots, it doesn't match up with this person's face. And so it's very frustrating because this is somebody I would love to know who it is. And I I think the thing that I find frustrating about it also, the way that the fight is shot – is it's very much shot as Thor's fight, which I mean, I guess it is, but we don't really get much other than that first moment when Thor talks to the agent, we don't really get any shots of his face. He's just there meant to be in the fight. It's not about him. It's just somebody for Thor to beat. And that's something that frustrates me because I feel like if, if this is an actual like potential opponent for Thor, I feel like we should have a little more from the person and at least some other face shots from the person.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once it
1: uh, goes
3: outside, you know, they take their fight out of the, the, the kind of sterile, well lit area. Like it's just so much, like I, even if there was a face shot, would we be able to tell, like you barely tell it's Chris yeah, Hemsworth in right, some right. of the shots. I mean, it may not be, maybe it's, it's a stunt double. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> and I also
0: think it, it's, a, it's a nice reminder of just how much the, The role of the MCU in the larger media verse has changed because I feel like if this movie came out today, that guy already has like numerous memes being made about him as the one human who knocks down Thor and someone's trying to call for MCU, you know, Disney Plus to make a series about him. You know, like there's just so much now a culture of every tiny character was like a cool moment in the MCU, like give them their 15 minutes of fame in a way that we just weren't doing at the time this movie came out.
1: Well, we'll see. I haven't heard anyone calling out for the the, the uh, MCU uh, Disney Plus show about the woman in the elevator in Endgame. But maybe. There's still time.
0: <laughs> you know, but the number of characters like that from, uh, um, you know, uh, Shang-Chi, if nothing else. <laughs> okay, so and then we do get this, like, the fight pretty clearly ends, although there's a, a coda that we're going to discuss, but with... Thor pulling his one like little bit of martial arts, he moves. He does this great like jumping up, double leg kick. Uh, and here to me, I think someone you commented as well. Like this feels like a good use of slow mo here.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he 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 really jumps up, and just both legs, kicks, and like that's a hard move to do. And and so I'm sure they like are filming in sight. Okay. We need to get a really good one of this because we're going to make this look good. And it does like also the slow motion like makes it look extra good because like you can't really fake that hit. Mm-hmm.
1: Like a stunt person took no, that yeah. kick to the chest. Yeah. But to the clavicle, it is like so high up. It's, it like, is way up. Gotta, high. Like right <laughs> his throat. <laughs> yeah. This, and and there, it's actually a speed ramping moment that we have here, which is cool, because it starts off regular speed and then they ramp the speed down to get that slow-mo of the kick. And it's, I mean, it's a fantastic use of that. Uh, and it's still, there's just enough darkness on Thor's face where I'm like, is that Hemsworth? Is it, is it Hemsworth in a rig or is it a stunt person doing this? Like, I, I wasn't, I couldn't quite tell.
3: Does anyone know enough about actual violence? human on human fighting is that an effective move to do (laughs) it looks cool will it take me down (laughs) are you going to be able to have any like like real force behind a kick when you're not on the ground anymore like that yeah true
1: (laughs) true yeah like half of half of your momentum is pushing you the other way then right yeah
2: yeah i've got to think there's there can be something like pretty substantial but but i don't know for sure Um, Yeah. Yeah. Because because we're outside my area of expertise. Yeah. You're definitely losing some of the momentum because it's going to it's going to start pushing you back.
0: Right. Well, I mean, this has to be the final blow because you're going to wind up on the floor yourself. And if you just stumble them back a bit, you're you're not a good situation after this kick.
3: Or if there was uh, you know one more shield agent coming flying in like you 're down already <laughs> <All right. laughs>
0: so one thing that kind of occurs to me might be happening here um, and, and just because we 're doing this like in depth analysis, you always kind of look for new meanings. I, I know that thor didn 't hear Odin say like the whole thing about when you be worthy. But it seems like that's kind of uh, you know, associated. Like, and and a major theme for Thor has been that he thinks he's worthy of being the next king because he's a badass fighter and that he doesn't get the things you actually need. And and I wonder if on some level part of what this is about, this whole scene is about is Thor feels like that what he's is doing is showing that even without the hammer, he can kick the ass of anyone, and that's why he thinks he's worthy of the of the the hammer. You know, that for him, like him winning this fight is even more proof that like he should he's gonna have his hammer and everything's gonna be great. Is that am I just head cannoning out the wazoo or is there some some aspect of that here <laughs> i yeah, like you said, I don't know
2: if he's even aware of like any kind of worthiness concern um right. and you know it and and if he doesn't have that motivation factor in, then it does make a little bit of difference and if he does have a motivation factor it it does make a difference, so that is an interesting thing to think about is like okay does he know or not know that there is going to be a, some sort of factor in whether or not he's able to to do this and obviously he he doesn't seem to have any thought that there's any reason that he couldn't just pick up the hammer yeah so he, he doesn't have any doubts
3: his motivation definitely se- seems to be i just need to get to the hammer and mm-hmm. everything's fine yeah, yeah.
1: and uh, you know but i mean to your point like just the way that he I mean, he's you're right. I mean, we talked about like how he's not just killing everybody. You know, he's he's a good person who's not just killing all these people. He's just putting them out of commission so that he can kind of keep moving on. Um But I will say the end of this fight, though, like if there's a moment that all of a sudden, like crosses from worthy to unworthy. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, was he worthy <laughs> until this last? kick? <laughs> well, that's that's a good question. But I mean, it's but certainly like once he does this moment where I mean, this guy that he just did this like, you know, Double footed clavicle kick uh, and knocked him down. Like as the guys like you know laying on the ground and, and trying to like get up, it, Thor like then kicks him again. I'm like, wow, that is like the- with a firm plant this time. Like yeah. he has all the momentum on his side. <laughs> it's a real like stay
0: down, you know. And I'm glad to hear others saw that because I saw that moment. I, I was wondering like, did Brana just think that looked cool? And I'm weird for thinking judging Thor in that moment, or or because I like I like that interpretation you're talking about. Like to me, it's like, yeah, he's not worthy yet. Because that to me is a moment of like the fact that you knocked me down once is a challenge to my ego. So I don't just want to defeat you. I want you to know you were defeated. I want you to feel defeated, you know, which is it, it's the move of bully which is what we're seeing from him from the early part of the movie.
1: Mm-hmm. As, as it says in the script, and, and I, I guess maybe it's because it was scripted this way, they shot it, it just, it, they didn't shoot it this way. But this person, um, you know, is grabbing for his ankle in a last effort, trying to stop Thor, which is why Thor kind of does that.
2: E- even if that's the case, that's quite a kick. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, that it, it is a serious. Well, for, for an ankle grabber. In the, in the script, Thor, this is what it says in the script when the guy tries to grab his ankle. Thor looks back down at his foe, then drops backwards, pile-driving his elbow into the fallen agent's chest. Oh So no. it's even worse in the script. Oh,
0: gosh. I mean, Hemsworth looks like he'd be very good in the WWE. So, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and what I love is that, like, so the last two shots, I, I think further kind of illustrate this idea that he's not what he thinks he is. Like, we have this moment where he's so dirty and he, he wipes the, the mud away from his mouth. But as far as I can tell, it doesn't make
1: a difference (laughs) with a dirty arm. Yeah, It makes a difference. It makes it worse.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
3: Was he supposed to be like wiping blood? Like, I wasn't sure if it's like supposed to be wiping blood, but he just ends up smearing dirt across. It's it's an odd moment because nothing seems to have been gained.
0: And to me, it's symbolic, especially with the second one of he then sees the shot of the hammer through the translucent plastic. And to me, again, it's a fun shot, but I also feel like there's an element there of he's close to the hammer, but there's still a barrier between the two. And he doesn't even realize that, but like it, to me, it was just a very effective shot of him seeing the hammer like that.
3: I do like the composition of that that last shot in this minute.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those moments that I, 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 I... There are a lot of moments throughout this, you know, Dutch angles or not, I think Kenneth Branagh really was showing you know as a director he knows how to capture strong moments like that and seeing mm-hmm. the hammer through that kind of that plastic wall uh illuminated the way it is it's it's i mean it's striking mm-hmm. and 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 we never mm-hmm. really get any of
2: that in in the minutes this week but uh, or any of what i'm about to say like he he does colors Um, pretty strikingly he's he's big on like the teal and orange um contrast which i know is is like a common one that gets used a lot especially in sci-fi but this isn't as much sci-fi and so he's really using it in kind of a different way where he's doing it like the nebulas in space or as neon lights and like Mm. yeah he's doing the, the the blue and the orange you know the stereotypical blue and orange um but i
1: think he does it in a really nice way Well, look at the red of Thor's cape that's you see throughout the film. Yeah, he does
2: reds and blues and.
0: And in this fight, I think... And it, gold. It's a
2: lot of gold. Oh, yeah.
0: This whole sequence really comes up because it's like the bright white of both the lights and the tunnels, but then up against, there's like the the, the dark muddiness. You know, it's all blacks mm-hmm. and dark blues of where the fight is, and it's a great contrast.
3: Yeah, I think it, it, it's the very, like, sterile technological side of the S.H.I.E.L.D. space versus this very natural, dirty, gritty uh, mud. And I think the one thing that... Mar You know, to, to try and make Thor fit into the Marvel universe, they're trying to blow Blend the sense of like natural wonder and science and technology, uh, you know, into what, what is an Asgardian. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a little uh, hand this of both. Uh, you know, super advanced science and magic is yeah. happening. Right. Definitely.
0: Well, I think it's about all we have for this minute. Any of the last comments or questions, Jenny, you, you all wanted to bring up?
3: I would not want to be kicked like
0: that. Yeah, I would choose not to. <laughs> no,
1: that's fair. I, what I love is that Clint is just up in this bucket in the rain watching this whole <laughs> thing. <laughs>
0: As we find out, like, you know, he's he give him some popcorn because his loyalties are shifting. He's he could
2: have gotten a clean, <laughs> clean shot at least once in this whole process.
3: Oh, uh, and maybe the gust of wind moved his, his little nest yeah. up there.
0: <laughs> uh, he's waiting. You know, He's waiting for that uh, order from Colson. Well, uh, thank you. Thanks, everybody, for being a part of this. Uh, Andrew and Joe, we've been talking about some of the work you all do for each of you. Is there kind of like one episode or one sort of series of your podcast that that you'd say, like, if someone wanted to really get like the essence of what you're doing, they should check out?
2: Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, I, I'm doing like this, a, a Movies by Minutes thing. So it's hard to think of, you know, a prime example when you're so close to the whole movie. I don't know if you guys feel like, oh, yeah, well, um, you know, this particular week is, is strong. That's fair. Yeah. I, I will say I think there's improvements in our second season uh-huh. um, over our first season.
0: Is there a piece of Disney media that you're really excited to do, even though it might be some ways down the line? I'm excited about a lot of them. Uh after
2: 101 Dalmatians, I think we're doing Tangled and then uh Fantasia 2000, which is one that I'm really mm. I, I'm really excited for Fantasia 2000, which won't be by minute. We'll do that by segment. Mm-hmm. But it's not like the most popular Disney movie, but I'm I'm really really excited to talk about it because I think it's really fun. I think the Fantasia concept um is something that Disney should be revisiting more regularly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I would really, really, really like to see another Fantasia film sometime um, in the tradition of the of the two that already exist.
0: And for you, Joe, is there like one particular protagonist that you really kind of love that episode of or, or one that you're really excited to do an episode on down the road?
3: I will just say, like, it's, uh, we've done three, oh, almost 400 episodes at this point. So if there's something you're a fan of, you might be able to find <laughs> us talking about it on your back catalog nice. or a, a version of that. And it is, we, we are deliberately eclectic. So on the one hand, that means you're probably going to see some stuff that you've never encountered before that maybe if you listen, you become interested, but also you probably could go hunt through and find something. Um, and like, just an example, this last, uh, like two weeks ago from when this, we're recording this right now, like we did an episode on the, uh, the old cap wolf storyline from the comic books when captain america turned into a werewolf (laughs) as a little uh (laughs) halloween Uh treat uh but then uh you know before that we were talking about like uh the significance of of like this 1950s b-list sci-fi film the invasion of the body snatchers that has kind of had this long resonance you know so it it could be anything from one week to the next uh you know we we may bounce around and like next week we're talking about kind of a a a modern classic fairy tale story uh you know so it's just all over the place nice
0: Definitely. Well, that, that sounds awesome for both of you. Uh, thank you, as always, for being a part of this. Andy, thanks so much. You do all the editing work that uh, uh, makes this all worth <laughs> worthwhile and happen. Uh, and just all of our fans, you're what makes this possible. Thank you so much for being fans,
1: and have a great day. Until next time, true believers.
0: Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is One Last Ride by Martin Puringer. Find the show at truestory.fm. And if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, consider doing that for the show.